You are listening to the Enormo Cast. So, Tradsters, tell me who loves you more than Black Diamond. Wait, your mom? Give me a break. She may be good for a warm meal and an emergency check when the Sprinter Turbo shits the bed. But when did your mom ever reduce your rack weight by 30% with a still futuristic cam like the Ultralight Camelot? In the last five years, Black Diamond has refined and redesigned their cams over and over to give you the best protection money can buy. And now, guess what? They took the venerable C3 and X4 and replaced them with the Z4. Wait, what? Just listen. The likes of Hazel Finley and Carla Traversi helped with these from the ground up. Get it? And then Hazel sent Magic Line just to prove their worth. So are they only good for 514? Of course not. They're good whenever you need a low-profile, hard-sticking cam that won't wobble around in your hand like a slippery hot dog when you pull the trigger. So go to BlackDiamondEquipment.com or your favorite local shop to check out the Z4, the latest in a continuing tradition of cam refinement from the climber engineers at Black Diamond. Tell them your mom sent you. Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? You, are you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, a big house. place. That's, out. Out. That's a big nice. place. You sold oh, it out. I'll see. You really should. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed having them with you. We'll make it. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment, with support from Maxim Ropes. And the fine folks at La Sportiva. And don't forget our charter sponsor, Bonfire Coffee. Go to bonfirecoffee.com and enter Enorma at checkout for a discount on great coffee and to support the EnormaCast. And now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the Enorma Cast. This is your host, Chris Kloos. It is February 30th, 2020. Still 2020. 2020 is just like grinding the gears. Keeps getting more and more spicy. And by spicy, I kind of mean shitty. But here we are on the Enorma Cast. You're here, I'm here. So let's not dwell on that. It's about 10 o'clock, and this is episode 199. 199, which is hard to believe. I know I say that a lot, but I don't know. Creeping up there towards 200, it's kind of sinking in. Anyhow, this is a conversation with my coach. I have a coach. The EnormaCast has a coach. That's the big reveal on this one. And that coach is Chris Hampton of Power Company Climbing. Chris has been on the show before, episode 38. If you want to find out more about Chris and his life pretty much before Power Company Climbing, because it didn't exist, I don't think, when we started talking. And he's transformed himself several times. And the newest transformation is creating this training company. And we decided to do something. I got uh, I got excited to train. And since we're friends and thought maybe we could do some media with it. We we got after it. It's all explained in the interview. 
This one is a lot about me and what it took to get uh, my ass into the gym and actually start training. Now, this this was last year, so this was before the corona lockdown where everybody was forced to do it. So, yeah, th- that's what this episode is about. So, if, if you're one of those folks that don't like when I talk too much, then this probably isn't for you. But those people probably aren't listening anymore anyway because I always talk too much. So you've moved on to some other more journalistic type climbing podcast. Anyhow, I'm going to talk a little bit more afterwards this time. So why don't we get to it? Again, if you want to find out more about Chris, you can go back to episode 38 or you can go check out Power Company Climbing at powercompanyclimbing.com. And also while you're there, you can check out Chris's new book. He mentions it in the interview, but it's finally out. It's called The Hard Truth, illustrated by Brendan Leonard of Semi-Rad, who's been on the show a couple times. And it's a series of essays, mostly about overcoming excuses. And let me tell you, excuses, man. I'm sort of a connoisseur. But anyway, let's talk about hangboards, climbing in the gym, apropos of the times, I think especially the hangboard talk. Although gyms are about to start opening again, I feel. Are we going to go? Are you going to go to the gym, whether it opens or not? Mm, it's going to take some take some thought before I just march in there and start touching those holds. I'll be honest. All right, episode 199, conversation with my coach. Look, folks, you've been hitting that hangboard like a swole gibbon doing repeaters until your veins twist into ridiculous words like venga. Your homemade wall is splintered and worn with your thrice daily prostations. But what if, just maybe, power, endurance, and power endurance, whatever that is, isn't actually what's holding you back. In fact, it's your lousy footwork after all. That's where Sportiva comes in. Sportiva has the best line of climbing shoes in the world for when you stop hanging around and actually have to climb something. From legends like the Mira and Squama to new standards like the Solution Comp. And don't forget the TC Pro, the only shoe to free solo L cap. Remember that? So when the hangboard is once again cobwebbed over or just that place you stash your one-hitter, do what you've always done and stand on your feet with Sportiva. Check it all out at Sportiva.com or as soon as your local shop is open and ready for your business, rush right down there and give them some money. Because there's just so much rhetoric flying around on the internet about you should never lose weight for climbing, you know? And I'm like, that's a bullshit statement. Like, of, of course, sometimes you should. Sometimes mm-hmm. you shouldn't. Right. But it's far more nuanced than... You should do one thing or another. I've, ever so. since I did the um, <clears throat> the first round of my yeah my uh, you've, you've what been you, super. I actually skipped breakfast for like three days. <laughs> 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 I mean, I used to skip breakfast a lot. Just Wrong I'm answer. Not that, I'm not that hungry <laughs> early in the morning, and so I'll go to like ten thirty, eleven. But yeah, this Wrong. time I was like, oh, Wrong man. answer. <laughs> I skip breakfast by accident all the time. That's, more of the case like yeah. i buy a burrito like when i used to paint i buy a burrito yeah. and then find it frozen solid in my car you know yeah at are you not painting so. anymore uh not really oh no, no way i mean i do paint i just don't do it like full time for yeah. a person 
I, I've been good lately. Yeah, no, no, I had to. It's so hard on your body. Totally. No, and it's uh, something we'll maybe get into in here. But uh, that means I can push you in the gym even harder. That's right. Yeah. Sweet. Um, that's why you've been holding that information back. <laughs> well, I've been painting, but I've been doing it on trades and stuff, and like every once in a while. And then I've been remodeling my house, and yeah. so. I mean, yesterday I was lifting soffits above my head and putting them yeah. in by myself, which was, I had this whole operation where I was like getting them up there and then clamping them. And then, and, uh, yeah. So, so I'm still, <laughs> I'm ingenuity. still doing the manual labor yeah. bullshit and will be for, cause I got to build a deck. Yeah. Got to put siding on the house, all this stuff. Although I won't be able to do that by myself. You came with your excuses prepared. Yes, totally. <laughs> No, I have one specific excuse, um, and he's almost four years old. But uh, that's a real thing. Yeah. So, speaking of that, what? what how do you want to frame this? You think, mm. or have any ideas, or should we just start talking about my dirty little secret? I'm fine either way. Okay. Um, yeah, let's just start talking. Okay. See where it goes. Yeah, that's how this normally works, right? How yours works too. Yeah. So that's what we're good at. I I don't have time to frame. Or are we shit. good at? It? I don't know. <laughs> We've convinced ourselves we're good decide. at. It. Yeah. Yeah. So I have this. Uh, I sort of have this dirty little secret, and it's I've hinted at it. It's funny that it's a dirty little. Well, secret. Well, the reason I say that jokingly is because uh, when it does come up, or, or people even in the gym where I'm climbing realize that I'm over there looking at my phone and like doing specific. <laughs> things everybody's just kind of astounded so yeah. it's part of like who i framed myself as i think as a climber right but also like anyone who knows me is my personality and and who i have been as a climber yeah they're surprised that a i climb indoors at all mm-hmm. which i think is unfair that's not that's not something i've ever avoided we don't have a gym up until recently you, you chastised me for for that in our first conversation. Did I? Years ago. What did I say? I said something about, I know you hate gym climbing, right. and you're like, don't you pigeonhole me, did sir. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I talk out of hand occasionally and, and maybe make wild claims about likes and dislikes yeah. that are not necessarily true. The whole world seems to think you don't yeah. like gym climbing. Well, so. the, truth, the truth is, is actually I like gym climbing more than most people do. Hmm. Um, because like I was just saying to Drew that when I come to somewhere like Denver or Boulder and I get to go to a proper, like modern gym, yeah. I mean, I'm as giddy as going to a new cliff. Yeah. Like I just walk in and I'm like super stoked and every, you know, and so many other people are like just there to get it done before they go to work or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just like, Oh cool. Another five twelve. Oh, Oh, look at this one. This one looks good. Oh my God. Look at that wall. Like yeah. I'm a total geek, you know? Yeah. So yeah, so that kind of like is the opposite of of what you'd think. Now, have I ever been a person that like bangs it out in the gym? I haven't. So I guess that's kind of like the difference. But back to the little secret, what I've been doing for several months. Yeah, it's been, it's probably almost been a year. Yeah, well, yeah, I want to say it kind of, it kind of got started in earnest like mm-hmm. later in the spring. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, we've been talking about it for a while and I've been training with Chris. I've been training with Power Company Climbing, an actual program of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, very kindly, uh, uh, you, you've been doing my uh, my custom training plan yourself, which I understand. You know, that's you're kind of a nightmare to deal with. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're my nightmare client. Really? No, no. Oh, okay. I'm totally kidding. No, <laughs> I was not at say, all. Really? <clears throat> no. But um, anyway, so it's been going on because we. What happened was is we got a gym in Carbondale, mm-hmm. a bouldering gym, the Monkey House. Um, really nice, uh, small but like fully modern facility, and I kind of like didn't really know how to use it, and. You know, like anybody else, I go in and sort of wander around and do some problems and maybe get pumped and maybe not and go home. And so that was like impetus number one. Secondly, like I felt like I was falling apart. Mm-hmm. I had lots of aches and pains, especially in the shoulders. And then as my son was getting a little bit older, I was getting less and less time. And so it's like if I was going to go to the gym and just goof off for an hour and a half that wasn't going to do anything. It probably yeah. was going to hurt me, actually. So I approached Chris. I said, hey, can we do this? I think it'll be f- kind of funny on your part to have to train this old curmudgeon. <laughs> and, but, but take it seriously, and then maybe like we'll do some media from it later yeah. on And, and yeah. since we both have podcasts. And I'm basically an old curmudgeon as well, so... I know how it goes. Yeah, we're not dissimilar, not yeah. just in appearance, which many people, <laughs> yeah. even as recently as about 10 minutes ago, yeah, commented exactly. on. Um, nice job on that Malcolm Daly podcast, by the way, Chris. <laughs> Sorry, Mason. I had, yeah. to, had to tell. Malcolm Daly's son uh, thanked Chris for uh, for his dad's podcast, which was me. <laughs> <laughs> Happens regularly. Yeah. So, um, But yeah, so it, it, it's a good meeting of the minds um, and... Yeah, so that's that's kind of where we're at now. We thought we'd have a little like catch up. Yeah, it's been enough months that something should have happened. Yeah, yeah. So and first, let me let me jump into kind of our first conversation. Okay. So initially, when you called me, I was in the airport on my way to Australia, and when I got off the phone, I was like, mm, "There's about a fifty percent chance of this actually happening," because I, I hear a lot of people. You know, off the cuff, say I want to, I want to train, I want to do it, let's do it. Yeah, on January first, you know. usually. <laughs> yeah, and then they just never, never follow through, never show up. So I, I understand that like there's some crisis going on in their life, and they need to take control of something, and they think I'm gonna take control of my my training, and then crisis dissipates or whatever, and they totally forget about the training, you know. And I just assumed that was going to happen because it seems to happen often. But you wanted to get started. And and my initial plan was just let's get him in the gym and get him to enjoy the process of going in and like working on things that are uncomfortable. Because I know you're that type who goes into the gym and is like, I'm going to climb the 512. I'm going to climb this 512. I'm going to go climb this thing. All things that you know you're going to be able to climb and you're relatively comfortable on, you know, and I wanted to push you outside of that comfort zone. So my initial plan was just let's get you into this process. Right. And do you remember what uh, we talked about goals? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of remember, do you kind of remember what we talked about? Very vaguely. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I was told, not by you, but other people like to have a very concrete specific goal, Mm -hmm. you know, not a route, maybe a number or something like that, which actually kind of went against my instinct a little bit. 
But I did. I did say 13C because mm-hmm. I had never climbed that hard, which is it's awesome because the internet actually thinks I climb harder than I do because of the Normacast, I think. So, um, so it's nice. I've benefited from just this vague notion yeah. that I know how to climb. That's a good bump to get yeah. out of the yeah, podcast. So, and the other thing is, um, you know, speaking of us being confused because of our names, I used to get confused with Chris Knuth. Oh, right. Sure. Who put up the crew. Yeah. Yeah. So I was happy to accept that, um, as well <laughs> on my resume. And actually he, I, I have since met, Chris Canute. Is he still around Rifle? Uh, he he made sort of a heavy appearance. I wasn't around that much this summer. Maybe he was around, but he was around the last couple of years again after being gone for a really long time. Wasn't he like a UPS guy or something? Uh, truck driver. Truck yeah, driver? Yeah, some, some okay. delivery, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like a low, not a long haul guy, but a local kind of truck driver guy. Yeah. So a little bit outside of the mold of your normal climber. But anyway, yeah. I had heard, not from him, but I had heard previously that he also you know, had been accused of being a big wall climber. So mm, interesting. So, yeah. so I said that, you know, combined, we were like the great, the best rock climber in the world. I don't ever like get confused with Chris Sharma. I don't understand. <laughs> Me neither. But yeah. Yeah. The Knuth Calouse climber, if you could combine, what is it? 14 C is that the, yeah. the crew? Yeah. With a yeah. five, like that's yeah. pretty good. It's pretty pretty wide breath of, um, that's Tommy Caldwell. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know about a five. I don't know a five either. You know who it is. He free climbs a five. It's almost, um, I don't know how hard a free climb, but it's almost Randy Levitt. Oh, yeah. He, Good. Plus, the dude could crack climb. Mm-hmm. So I've maintained for years that he is historically one of the best all-around American climbers of all time. You might be right, won't you? Because he not only climbed a 5 he established a 5 <clears throat> Yeah. And he, well into the 514s, I don't know, you might know better than me. First, we have to define aid climbing as climbing. Right. Yeah, that's true. So that's a bit of a stretch to begin aid. with. <laughs> Don't put the climbing word on it. Um, but anyhow, back to us. Yeah, 13C. 13C. <laughs> and you had this big crack project. Yeah, I have this crack project that remains a project. And partially this month has been terrible weather out there. But uh, then the other thing that I kind of really had in my mind, despite you know wanting to have these concrete projects, was this idea of maintaining and... Um, I, I kind of felt like I was getting weaker and therefore was kind of falling apart a little mm-hmm. bit. It was, sure. it, it just felt like, well, as my muscles were getting weaker then it, they used to protect my joints. And so I was having shoulder issues, just pain and some tweaks that would keep me out for a couple of days. Um, some elbow pain that was kind of chronic. So in my mind as I'm getting older, I'm 40, this was, I was 47, I'm 48 now, almost 49. It just felt like if I don't, if I'm not careful and keep at something, I'm just going to like fall apart into injury. And so really that was like my biggest underlying thing of like, give me some way in which to use my time to stay in shape. If I get some like push in performance, awesome. And that would be great. And obviously that's in my head too, but the really like the maintaining into the future, not just now, not just in the last six months, but giving me these tools to to be able to uh, maintain as long as I possibly can. Right. And looking at, you know, the guys that do that and have done that, you know, yeah. the Bill Ramseys and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. You want to be the 513 Bill Ramsey. Fantastic, you know. Yeah. Or or just, yeah, I mean, even like... It's a damn good goal to shoot for. Yeah, and even Boone <clears throat> Speed, you know, he's younger than Bill, but yeah, he, he's like, yeah, I just, I like to be in the kind of shape where I can climb a... You know, he said an 
8A or maybe it was 8B. I don't know. 8A, I think, is what he said. Just like, I want to be able to go anywhere and still climb that hard. Mm -hmm. And that's actually about as hard as I've ever climbed. But um, there's all sorts of reasons for that, too. But, uh, but yeah, so that was like our initial conversation. Yep. And um, thinking about the ways in which people use training, I wasn't even sure what it was. I mean, obviously, in my head, it's like, yeah, you train so you can climb harder. But I kind of had this whole like notion of like, well, let's train to keep going. Yeah. And, you know, my take on it initially was that, I mean, our, our muscles, our tendons like to be loaded. They like to be loaded consistently and in consistent ways. And if you're just, you know, playing with your son around the house or painting and then you go out and go rock climbing your body's constantly like, what the hell's going on? You know, right. we get to go climbing twice a month or three times a month or whatever. And we're doing all these other new things. And then we're expected to go out and perform again, you know, and it's just not conducive to, to the kind of maintenance or the kind of performance that you want. Right. So, so getting in the gym with a, with a plan, making sure we're loading your body in, in specific ways that are going to be, similar in some ways to the way you're performing outside is just going to make it so that you're feeling better when you show up under the project or whatever outside, right. you know? Well, and also the thing too, I mean, we're friends. We've become friends actually since you did the podcast mm -hmm. is I think the first way we've done it, but, uh, we've climbed together. We've become friends. So I trust you on that level, but I also was interested in the fact that you're not, you know, a, you're not 25 either. I'm not a spring chicken, <laughs> so, as my grandpa would say. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. <laughs> there was some camaraderie there of like, okay, he knows what I'm talking about. Like, um, has some experience with this. So that that was also, uh, I had a lot of confidence. But I also was like, I was excited to be able to have fun in the gym mm -hmm. and not like ever feel like I was just reporting and kind of like I said, yeah, and I think these kind of things can be fun. They don't have to just be punching the clock. Right. You know, it might seem that way uh, from the outside looking in, and, and it can be that way. It can be really dry and just drudgery, but it can also be pretty fun and challenging. You right, know? right. So. so the one thing, too, is, you know, excuses. It's funny you said, yeah, you've already got your excuses lined up. This is true. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's funny because my my son, the normal baby, as he's known to the normal cast world, although he's almost four. And he's um, not that enormous, actually. Yeah, he's so. actually really little. <laughs> no, it's funny. It's like I, cur I cursed him by calling him that. Um, he's actually always, he's always been, since not long after he's born, he's been like in the five percentile for everything. So he's a little, little tiny nugget. But it's funny because he's both the impetus for this in yeah. a lot of ways, and he's also the excuse. The biggest challenge, yeah. yeah. And so... Because it was partially, you know, if I had just maintained my lifestyle previous to him, yeah, then I probably wouldn't have had that feeling of like, I'm losing it because I could have just kept climbing outdoors as much as I want, which sure. is how I've climbed my whole life. Like, <clears throat> um, and it's kind of a trap, yeah. to be honest. What's, what's that? You know, being able to climb outside right. all the time. Right. Um, you know, you have to be a really hugely motivated person to keep making progress if all you're ever doing is climbing outside. It's kind of hard to do, right. especially if you have the same areas to climb in over and over and over if you're not traveling a ton. And a gym is a really good way to get out of that, you know, 
getting the same stimulus over and over and over right. and be able to see progress. Um, so I think it's kind of a trap to be able to go outside and just climb whenever you want to. Well, that's interesting you say that because I, I mean, I literally hadn't, I hadn't progressed in 20 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I maintained <clears throat> and, but honestly I probably climbed 13 a and I think, uh, 1997 maybe Man. for the first time, 98. And I climbed. You were badass back then. Yeah, yeah, it was all right. It was all right for <laughs> recreational, recreational cl climber guy. But I mean, I never. I've climbed 13B. Yeah, like since then, and I've, you know, I, I probably could probably uh, pretty fairly safely say I climbed, you know, 13 every year since then almost. Mm -hmm. And that's the cycle I see. I see yeah. a lot of people like hit this grade, and then they'll. After that project is over, there there are kind of two types of people. One will just move on to the next project. The other will take some time and either do some on-siting. They'll travel to do some on-siting. They'll do some moderates, and then they'll pick another project about the same grade. Right. And and that cycle just repeats itself over years and years and years and years. And and sometimes it's only a letter grade different right. over those decades. Well, it's kind know. of just prioritizing, too, because you just nailed it. I mean, that's been my climbing life mm -hmm. of, you know, I'll do some sport climbing and then it'll switch over to this and switch over to this and travel. And like, yeah. I don't definitely don't like getting bogged down in heavy projecting traveling. Um, I don't travel to do <clears> that. So yeah. And it just comes down to the fact that, yeah, I mean, for the longest time I could do a 13 a with not that many tries. Right. And so it, it, it's kind of what's important to you, which is again, why it kind of was tricky for me to, to, nail down these concrete projects when we started talking about this. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it's, 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 it, it still comes down to wanting to progress. Yeah. And you know, just on the subject of, you know, having concrete projects, I do think they're super important to have. I, with, in your case, I'm less concerned about those super concrete projects, you know, now at the point where we're at now, we could start digging more into those. Um, and I would push you toward finding a project in rifle or nearby your house somewhere instead of only having this desert crack project that you have to travel to. And you're, you know, you can't just cherry pick the better days. Right. Um, so if we're, really focused on those concrete projects, that's the way I would start pushing is let's also find one close to your house that we can really dig into. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. and it, the, the crack project is a little incidental. I mean, it existed before I was right. trying to do this and yeah, definitely this, this spring, as soon as, as soon as we're, I mean, it's funny because I have all these friends now that are like invested in my, in my training, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they're actually picking out Roots Good. for me Good. to to, uh, to to get on this spring. So um, it's kind of funny because I mean it's like I haven't really participated in that world, and now they're like kind of stoked that that I am. Yeah, which is encouraging and it's helpful for totally. sure. I, so let me ask <clears> you this: So when you um, got all this information and you're like, okay, he's you know maybe he'll do it, maybe he doesn't, and then I got back in touch with you because we did let it simmer for a while, mm -hmm. and then we kind of like all right, let's let's do this. So what what did you think about when you when you initially created this project, you were talking about getting me out of my comfort zone. Um, but then when it got more specific to my needs, what were you thinking about? So the thing that I most often see 
And I'm, I was totally going on generalizations, and I had climbed with you a little, so I'd seen you climb, and <laughs> and I knew it was a dumpster fire. Exactly. No. <laughs> of, like, desperate, somehow he got up that route yeah. kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I don't even know how he just did that. <clears throat> Didn't even look like no, he was climbing. That's jam, dude. That's been my bread and butter. Like, what did this guy, I was climbing in Spain in this total random guy that was like kind of on the periphery of these folks that i knew and was climbing with he was just like uh you you are not he's something like you're not the best climber at the track, but you are the funnest to watch <laughs> and literally this is a true story i was like oh that's that's nice of you to say i guess you know yeah. like i'm thinking like yeah he's like but I, I climb, I, I was like, thanks a lot. And moments later, I'm climbing this, like, this is in Sirana. I'm climbing this, like, I don't know, 12B or something like that. And I, like, get through the crux, and I somehow I kick the, the draw beneath me and unclip the fucking rope. And I swear to God, that dude just starts cackling. I was like... So now I'm like finishing the next section after the crux, like with looking at like this like forty footer. Yeah. No, I was like, thanks, I love dude. That guy. He just was like the best. He was like, that was the best. <laughs> so anyway, oh, that's to, amazing. Your, to your point. Mm, yeah. Totally. <laughs> no, what I what I see a lot, especially with older climbers and uh particularly trad climbers, people who've come up climbing trad, is a really specific style and set of values within their movement mm -hmm. and generally speaking that's that they move slower they move more statically more precise you know a lot of climbers who like learn to climb in the early 90s or thereabouts really value this super smooth fluid precise you know really controlled climbing because that's what we saw. It's what, you know, we all wanted to be Ron Kalk or, you know, whatever. And we, we watched that and wanted to emulate that. And, and because of the nature of a lot of trad climbing, that's just become what we really value and me included and getting you outside of those parameters was kind of mission number one. Like let's, put some drills in let's get you on walls that are going to demand you being more dynamic you know learning to value swinging your body around a little more as opposed to just being slow and controlled and in you know in rifle a lot of times you can be slow and kind of wall crawl but there are a lot of routes there that are going to demand you be really dynamic and be explosive and be, to be able to switch between the two right which is super valuable to have so that was mission one steve hong still crawls <clears throat> up roots well, of course yeah. he does he can <laughs> yeah, you know exactly <laughs> he can he can crush holds to dust and his <laughs> fingers never open right. you know he's allowed to crawl <laughs> we don't have that capability right. <laughs> so so that was mission number one and then mission number two was just to get you established in some sort of a rhythm and for me to learn your schedule and and what your travel and all of that was going to look like. You know, I would say the one area I didn't anticipate the big challenge was the fact that your son is a germ factory and is constantly making you sick. Yeah. That's, it's been a rough winter. Yeah. For sure. That's been, I think, the roughest challenge from my end. 
because I can't say go to the gym anyway. Right. You know, I don't believe in that. I don't think that's the way. And it's just not responsible for you to go into the gym and cough all over the moon board. Right. You know, those, those <laughs> so. holes are covered in enough fecal matter to begin with. We found out from that one study. So <laughs> oh, I don't even want to know about it. It's disgusting. No, I didn't. <clears throat> fecal matter. <sighs> That's why I don't climb on the moon board. <laughs> That's why I only climb in my gym. Right, yeah. It's all your own fecal matter. Can't hurt you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> no, so so that was priority one. And I think that that can take up quite a bit of time, actually. You know, a lot of the other stuff was, let's just get you feeling solid and and into the mode of training and you know, address any, address the shoulders and just address general movement patterns and health and get you feeling strong. And the rest of it just kind of comes. But I was mostly interested in breaking you out of your trad climber, slow, slothy mode. Well, I got it. I mean, I I was climbing a shoot in the maybe three weeks ago on the moon board and Andrew Bisharat was there Mm -hmm. and he was like, wow, you look like a bowler. Yeah. You know, and that was a comment based on what you're talking about. Like it was the first time he'd seen me like climb, like I'm bowling and not the crawling or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's, that's big, you know, and people will avoid that forever if they can and it'll hold them back for a long, long time and they'll just, never address it you know it Mm. seems scary seems challenging that's not my style right they don't have they don't value being able to do that so why do it well and i think um i mean for me i think about this while climbing those kind of routes and and i haven't been able to climb outdoors very much either this winter uh time wise but also it got pretty crummy there for the last couple months but I'm, I'm interested to see if I can translate that, mm-hmm. you know, because it's pretty specific to the moon board and a few other sort of sections of the climbing gym. Yeah. And, um, and that's in my mind of like, well, if I'm up on some route, am I going to be able to like suddenly, you know, without the conditions being the same as I'm right. used to, um, have I conditioned myself to like stepping onto the kicker and, you know, or right. the kickboard and like, right can I like step into that moment? So I'm, I'm kind of excited to when, when Andrew said that, it kind of made me think like, Oh, maybe I can, maybe I can Mm -hmm. just like translate this to some crux move, you know, five or six bolts up on a route. Yep. I think it's going to show up in small ways first. You know, it generally does just in like the ability to use more momentum for a move and, or the ability to discover that that's the solution faster, you know? So instead of trying to do the crux move, eight different ways, slow and static, you pretty quickly discover that, oh, if I use momentum here and I understand that momentum and I can pull the trigger faster, then I can get through this much quicker, you know? So I think it'll show up in those small ways first. It's not like you're going to be Sharma and you're going to, you know, be jumping all over everything, but it, but it will show up in the ways that you use momentum and, and, and let yourself let it go. You know, I think that's the big thing. We, we want to control constantly those type of climbers, climbers like I used to be and letting go of that control is tough. So learning it in the gym and then taking it out to your project is probably the best way to do it. Cause yeah, that's another thing about you that I think has sort of gotten lost in dis- distant memory is that you 
were, uh, you know, I was die tratty. hard yeah. tratty. Yeah. yeah. And the off with guy too. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I moved as slow as possible. Right. <laughs> like, it was like, uh, horrible. It's like a, yeah. I mean, it's like an image you've buried. Well, you know, just recently, <laughs> Nate, one of my coaches, very politely <laughs> asked me to re-record some of our early drill videos uh-huh. because my like my version of what it looked like to climb with momentum looks like most people's sloth, right. you know, like this super slow. And now the way I climb with momentum is drastically different mm-hmm. um, just from years of working on it and trying to understand how momentum works. Um so I've become a lot better climber by embracing that style, but it took real work right. to get it through my head that it was valuable. Right, 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 right. We're going to do an embarrassing part of this thing in a moment. I mean, I have it planned in my head. We didn't really game this out, but uh, um, we're going to do a public sort of evaluation from you. Okay. Um, <laughs> which I'm sort of, you know, like trepidatious about. Um, but But I mean, the whole point of this, doing this podcast is about Talking about training, I think for a lot of listeners who don't really know about what it really means and also, you know, is it for you? Is it something that could be useful in mm-hmm. your life? And, and and that was originally when we sat down and did it. I was like, well, why don't we do this? And it'll be like, you know, some sort of guinea pig. Because I think a lot of my listeners are in my boat and not as old as me, but, you know. And, and what right. you just said about it's almost like we have these like burned in limitations in our head we don't think we, we do, definitely do yeah but a coach is going to look at you and see all this shit that you don't think you're doing or not doing for sure um, yeah and and that was a big part of when we first started this it was a kind of a i mean i guess i knew it because i you know i i know the difference but uh to have it really pointed out i was like oh yeah i don't really know how to do that and i don't really know how to do that and i do think of myself as this certain type of climber and exactly and breaking out of yeah. those sorts of things. Is this cool. is my style. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just go ahead and say what I think happened in terms of the positives that I got out of it. Okay. Um, and then I'll just tell you everything you did wrong. Yeah. Well, no. And then this I'll say some of the stuff that I thought was, was problematic <laughs> and then you can, you know, chime in or maybe we'll just switch yeah, turns. Let's do but it. I mean, the big thing for me was learning how to use the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bouldering gym. So I'm definitely inclined if I go to a gym to climb on ropes. Mm-hmm. And so that was like a number one to use the, the boards. Um, and it wasn't really that you taught me how to use, you know, the moon board. I knew how to use it, but it forced me to force me to use it. And it forced mm-hmm. me to kind of break through. I mean, that thing is brutal. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a total ego and soul crushing experience to, try mm-hmm. to climb on that wall and then you know peek into this world and and then you know deal with like projecting v3 for right. you know six or seven weeks or whatever <laughs> or longer in my case um but it forced me to kind of use it and actually after it was kind of like rifle i always talk about how people go to rifle and hate it and then yep. you just like it grows on you like a fungus and then you turn out it's like uh, the most awesome place yeah the moonboard I feel about is exactly the same way. I love it. I totally love it. And I worked on the kilter board and I got in trouble with the kilter people because I complained about how steep it was. 
this is a whole nother <laughs> podcast, but whatever. We have a the Kilter board is really steep at our gym. It's yeah. like fifty five degrees. Right. Um, so I get on it, but it's not my true love. Yeah, and you know, just to as an aside there, there's a lot of argument about what's the best steepness to train on and frankly, I mean I love really steep climbing, but frankly, most of the climbing we do outside is on less steep angles. Right. So you know, unless you're really climbing on super steep things regularly, it's just almost not worth it to be on like 55, 60 degrees regularly. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's just the way at the gym, it just fits the, the Kildra board only fits in this one part where it yep. has to be that steep. Yep. And then we have a tension board, which I, I've only started to dabble on. Yeah. Um, also soul crushing yeah. and finger crushing. Yeah. And the reason the moon board appealed to me is because we already had one in the valley at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. And so those guys who trained down there, you know, we can talk about the same stuff together. So, um, but that was cool. The other thing was I had never really uh, used a hangboard in any prolific way, you know. Right. Um, I did the same thing most people do where it's like. You probably had three you won at raffles or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> actually, I got one as a gear review. Um, <laughs> but then I bought one actually. <clears throat> I think I might have just prior to this as, you know, again, like you're just like, I'm going to do this. And then you read about it and, you know, an article in the magazine and you're like, oh, that doesn't sound so bad. But I did it for real. And that was cool is learning how to use that. And also the idea of using weights, Mm -hmm. Um, weighted hangs was something I hadn't even really thought about. And I mean, those two things were were a, a big positive for me. And then also sort of being forced to warm up in a, in an actual like, set way you know like a progressive way yeah uh, as opposed to just like i'm gonna do a few easy problems and then i'll try the project so those things were i think kind of knowledge base that you sort of got me into i did have i mean my shoulders haven't bothered me in months and that alone is like worth the worth the price of admission and i'm not sure how you sort of thought about that um in terms of of the way I was climbing, but I think the warm up has a lot to do with it actually. For sure. And yeah. just making sure we're not doing tons of volume, you know, all the time. I think that's kind of the go to for like, oh, I want to get better at climbing. I'm going to do laps upon laps upon laps. Mm. And then you're getting into this really fatigued state and just lunging for holds. And that's where we get into a ton of trouble with our shoulders. Okay. It's not so much bouldering as it is sport climbing, frankly. Okay. Yeah, maybe that's helped because I've been doing a lot of bouldering. The also the tendonitis, the I had tennis elbow. That's inside, right? Mm, yes, whatever. I think so. I had the inside, and that's gone too, which I'm really surprised at mm-hmm. uh, because I definitely like am, am to to my mind counterintuitively. I'm grabbing much smaller holds and pulling much harder than I ever have right. in my life because I just never was a boulder, and like I'm always t- I never have had a pulley injury. And I think it's partially genetics, but it's also partially that I let go. Like, I just don't, <laughs> sure. I don't pull the holes yeah. hard enough, you know? But I mean, the moon board is forcing me to do harder pulling than I've really mm-hmm. ever done probably in my life, at least consistently. And yet my elbows feel fine. Well, and I think that's why, like you're doing it consistently. Oh, okay. And, and tendons, frankly, just really like to be loaded. Okay. So when you're not loading them, they get upset and, you know, then you just throw some random load at them, you know, every seven days or something. Right. 
they're not as happy as if you're doing it every couple days or every three days. And so hangboarding is actually, it gets a bad rap for elbows. And I think it's probably one of the better things for your elbows. Cool. Well, and we haven't been doing, which I've been maybe was by design in terms of this injury thing or pain thing, but we haven't been doing um, straight up campusing. Hasn't been part of any of my workouts, yeah, I don't which use I appreciate because it. it's. I don't use it that often. Okay. Um, you know, occasionally, and this is something we might explore in the future. I would have somebody do it with feet on and then, you know, just coordinating those big explosive moves. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you've had me doing mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Just With a few of those. Ma- and then, yeah, it makes a lot of difference. Yeah. A few of those a session is, is what I would generally start people with. Mm-hmm. And then there, you know, you could do a little bit of contact strength stuff on small rungs, but I think the campus board is another one of those tools that's just gotten radically misused and misunderstood. And frankly, it's just this thing that somebody dreamt up years ago. And for some reason we have this like construct of it has to be this angle. The rungs have to be this far apart. And if it's not, it's not right. You right. Know? Which is just crazy talk. Cause it was just this thing that happened to be there. So yeah. In Germany. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's really not that useful a tool for how most people use it but for like measuring endurance with your feet on just laddering it's a really low technical way to you know it takes a lot of the technical failure out of the equation so you can really measure what's happening in your forearms or just to coordinate explosive moves i really like it right yeah and and it's you know it's it's rough so yeah and that I, I, that is an elbow killer for right, a lot of people. Right, yeah, yeah. Like and shoulders. So hasn't been in there. We've been doing a little bit of it. You know, the and then the two last things that I think and this is something that if I was encouraging other people to look into something like this mm-hmm. is it teaches you all awesome time management. And that was one of my goals was just like, please, Chris. If I can run over to the gym for an hour and a half, yeah. tell me what I can do to like get the most out of that hour and a half. And if you can get if you can not talk to everybody, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> you kinda have I mean, <clears throat> Tim Emmett told me this when I interviewed him, like he just, you know, kinda has to be an asshole in the gym. And yeah. just like um that's hard for the enormous cast to do, but um, I know. I have a reputation of that. Yeah. And now of just that... being grumpy and not talking to people because yeah. you're busy. Yeah. And I would just tell people like I'm I'm in the middle of a workout. Right. Like I can't discuss that right now. But now that I'm a coach and uh, do the podcast and everybody wants to talk to me, I have to be nicer. <laughs> That's your business so model. So I built my gym at my house and I don't leave. Fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck power company climbing. That guy's a dick. <laughs> yeah, it can, you know, I don't go to commercial gyms expecting to get a workout right. anymore because yeah, that's true. it's going to be lots of just chatting with people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, so. I don't, I'm not quite there yet. Mm. I, I get recognized. Um, and it takes a few minutes, but when you're in your it's, town, it's of my know, own. So. I mean, it's of my own doing like me talking. Yep. So, and then finally, and this is also something I think that's really, really important and maybe not highlighted very often for me. And I think for people again, who, who are at my level or, uh, or, or want that want what I'm getting out of it is that it just the fact that you think someone is paying attention to whether mm-hmm. you fucking go or not. Yeah. And then the fact that we're friends as well, though, maybe even 
probably would be even more so if I didn't know you. Yeah. Like, it's like a, somehow, and I think there's so many weird places in life where a stranger's opinion of you is more important than mm-hmm. anybody else's. Totally. It, don't, we go down <laughs> a rabbit hole with that. But the fact is, is that if I didn't go, and I didn't go a lot. I mean, there was a lot of times I didn't go, <laughs> which I'm sure I'm going to hear about. But uh, that's when the donuts come out. But um, the fact just that, oh, man, I've disappointed Chris. I've disappointed my coach. Yeah. Like. You know, I was definitely scrambling a lot to just make it happen. Mm -hmm. And the downside to a lot of the stuff is I didn't end up having as, you know, the kind of time I told you I would have. Right. It just changes all the time. And it it didn't, I, I definitely was, my estimations were a little bit high because I mean, with a kid and then with, with my girlfriend, uh, working a lot like more set time than I am and yep. in a lot of ways harder than I am. <laughs> you know, there not only was it just literally I couldn't leave because I had my son, but also there's always these politics of like in a lot of it, it's internal like uh, sure. she's not necessarily guilt tripping me, I'm guilt tripping myself totally. of like so the, you know, you negotiating an end. hour here an hour there is actually and you know, so many people listening are going to be like, "Yes, this is this is the truth." And those are all excuses, but um you know, it it was tricky. And then also, like, I tended to go a lot at night. And, um, like, when I tried to do one of these evaluations last week, um, I was kind of low energy anyway. But then I think, like, trying to do your best evaluation stuff at, like, 830 at night. Yeah. It's not. It's, I mean, it's just physiologically dumb. Yeah, you know, it's your tough. Your body's, like, shutting down, <clears throat> getting ready for bed or whatever. So, so all those things kind of mixed up. But the thing about being kind of watched and forced to go... And maybe I'm just like have a weak will because <laughs> there's somebody out there like like uh, Bill Ramsey who can just force himself to go oh, yeah. no matter how he feels. Yeah, I I definitely benefited from just like oh I'm letting Chris down again. Like oh, man, it's been since Tuesday. He's probably you know I had this image that you were just getting full on. I'm just gonna send you another by minute. message. Like, yeah. Just checking on you. Yeah, or minute by minute updates. <laughs> and you're just like Annalisa. I can't believe Calusi's not. This is like the third day he hasn't got. You know, it's just like well, I wouldn't tell it to her. She doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> but you know, it's like this fantasy that I'm on your mind the whole time. Like, yeah, that accountability um, is big. Yeah, you know, a lot of people really, really need that, and then some people don't. So, as a coach, it's tough to know how much communication to give to a person. Like. Is it going to be helpful if somebody only goes once a week? Probably if they were going zero times a week before. Right. So even if I would love to see them getting four sessions in a week, if they're getting in one, great. I'll send some gentle nudges and, you know, maybe they don't want any more than that. So so it's tough. Right. Um, like you, you and I probably communicate less than most of the people that I work with. And I know that you're busy with the kid, busy with re-roofing your house before the snow comes. And, you know, you've got all these things going on, too. So so I also don't want to seem pushy mm-hmm. um, because I, I still want it to be fun. I want it to be something you want to go do, you know, as opposed to me having to push you into there. If I have to push you in, then there's probably something wrong with the the sessions and we can slim them back or dial it in a little tighter, make it easier to complete, you know? So I don't want to be constantly pushing you, but I do every morning see what everybody did the day before. (laughs) 
<laughs> so that helps. That's going to help me. Not my fantasies were not fantasies, but well, I know, I know you were because I'd get messages from you, and that they weren't gentle pushing necessarily, but they were messages. So uh, of like what's going on, and everything else, and and sometimes I'll just yeah high five somebody's yeah. comment or right. thumbs up to somebody's comment just to let them know like. And I'm just talking about comments on their workouts and mm-hmm. notes in their workouts. I'll just high five it to let people know, okay, I'm, I'm watching, I'm checking on you, you know, good job in there. Well, tri- other tricky things to overcome for me was, um, you know, recording things, uh, on the app. I mean, yeah. I know this is like so cliche for some old guy to say this. Oh, but I get it, man. Like I, it, it definitely took me a while to like, you know, I'd go back to the app and I hadn't actually saved the information right. or whatever like yeah which then i'm like oh man now he didn't see that i did it you know he, <laughs> like then it would like bum me out so i got yeah. better at that as well um and then i definitely also like had to compress things a little bit and um and then i also had to figure out like what you're asking me to do didn't always um sort of fit with our gym right and so yeah and mm. I, and i think that like at first that kind of made me anxious but then i just was like no i can i can like figure this out you yeah. know we don't have like a like a spray wall with just like tons of holes it's all mm-hmm. set problems so like when you know something would say find like 10 problems that you can you know do fairly easily or whatever it's like right. well we don't really have that many of that specific type but of course once I got good enough at the moon board that I could do right. some stuff on there. Yep. Um, and then I could also have projects that wouldn't leave. Because mm-hmm. the other thing is our whole gym gets stripped. Yeah. I mean, this is any gym problem where that's your, a, your project disappears thing, after a yeah. few minutes or a few months or a few weeks or whatever. So Yeah, that's a real issue. And, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we can't, like, create really easy templates right that we can just use over and over you know we do have some template plans that we've made pretty generalized for people at specific levels of climbing kind of the the patterns we've seen at those levels and then you can buy that with a coach or without a coach and the benefit of having the coach is exactly what you're talking about like i can't i can't do that at my gym so how do i modify this to, to fit my situation, you know, and all of our custom plans are like that because every gym is different and it does make it, gyms are moving in a direction that make it kind of tough to improve because what they've done is, you know, we have demanded faster turnover. We want more problems, more problems. And now the longest a boulder stays up in a lot of gyms is four weeks or something. So what happens is they'll change, say, four sections of the gym. You come in, you do all the boulders you can do first night in the new set. And then your second night of the week, you come in and you, you know, project a boulder for 30 minutes till you do it. And then you come in the next week and you climb all the boulders you can do on the new set. And you just go through this cycle over and over where you're staying at the same grades and Mm -hmm. you never actually get to project anything, you know. So people get stuck in this loop. So thank goodness for boards, you know, the moon board, tension board, kilter board are really great tools to have forever projects and you can have circuits on there once you learn it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But that's like the thing too, to people listening, 
what I said earlier about having like break through the barrier to the to the boards because I think so yeah. many climbers, even pretty good climbers, they you know the boards exist out of the corner of their eye right. over there with the guys with their shirts off, yeah, you know, and it's not your world to go into, and and even that person as experienced as I am, you know. That's intimidating. Yeah. You know, it's like I could wear a shirt that's like, I climbed El Cap, you know, like, get out of my way. <laughs> Don't make fun of me because I'm projecting warm up number three, yeah. which was my project for four months <laughs> yeah. this summer. Um, literally, it was called warm up number three. How good does that make you feel? Um, <laughs> finally did it, though. Yeah. You actually asked me to video it, and I, I drew the line. <laughs> He's like, well, get a video of it. I'm like, I'm not videoing myself on the moon board. I do have some credibility to maintain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, enough about that. So let's get to it. What do you what, what do you think happened? I'm actually, I'll just say this. I'm actually really overall proud of what I did. We'll continue to do, but when, you know, it's like the, the app says, this is your 70th workout or whatever. And right. I'm just like, that is 70 more workouts than I fucking would have done. Right. You know, spread out over however many months. Uh, I was still just like, wow, that's awesome. Like yeah. an awesome body work for me to have done, even though I felt guilty about this and that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I take a pretty realistic view of it. You know, I've seen all types and as old as you are, you're never going to make progress. So I wasn't looking for that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm This is the kind of coach he is, people. <laughs> um, no. Did you, you know, have dreams? <laughs> I'm going to crush them. <laughs> no, in reality... You know, what I wanted was for you to get like psyched on it. And that's what I saw happening. And when you would like travel to your families, you'd be like, what can I do while I'm there? I'll have a hangboard. I'm going to hang up a hangboard there this time, you know, and I'm taking the TRX. And, you know, so you're making these, taking these steps and making these changes that allow you to be able to continue with training, you know, Mm -hmm. whether I'm involved or not, you've set yourself up to be able to continue doing it. And really that's my, that's my biggest goal with, with most clients is just to instill in them a culture of challenging themselves and consistently making it into the gym to do that or doing it at home. If that's, you know, the way it goes and not giving themselves the excuses of, Oh, I'm going to see family this week. So I can't do anything. You know, there's going to be a lot of time when you're after the initial, like, Oh, Hey, I haven't seen you in forever. There's going to be times when you want to escape and hang on the hangboard for a little while. So, you know, having it available is big. So, you know, I was, I was proud of you for doing that and for digging into the moon board. That's, I mean, that's mega for somebody at your ripe old ancient age. It's, it's a hard tool to use and you know, you dug right in. Well, as much as we're joking about how old I am, maybe not joking anyway, as much as we're stating how old I am, (laughs) uh, you know, it's, it's really more of an attitude shift that had to happen. Absolutely. I mean, I had to be careful. I thought, I felt like I had to be careful, but, um, but it really was about like how I thought about climbing Yeah, and what, and, and luckily I had some friends that introduced me to it a little bit and I kind of like, I caught sort of the playfulness of it. Mm -hmm. And that's good. I mean, anybody who's tried the moon board a couple of times is going to like, roll their eyes at the, at the word playful but this right. idea of the lights and the it's really like this little game 
and, it totally is you know yeah. and so it's like if you can kind of again <clears throat> get to where you can do a few problems so you just don't feel terrible about yourself you know you can kind of get into this this little fun game of it you know? yeah for sure and you know i've seen I, I did a session with jonathan segrist and ravioli biceps are you familiar with him i've just mm-hmm. found out about ravioli biceps. king of the moonboard world yeah um I did a session with those two in Vegas on the moonboard, and it was really fantastic for me to see the way that they operated in that space because Seagrist is by far the more accomplished outdoor climber. You know, in most situations, he's going to be the alpha. And he completely was just like, I'm going to show Ravioli Biceps all of my projects watch him flash them because I, I want to see how he does it. I want right. to learn from him and the way he climbs on this, you know, he's way better than I am at this tool and I want to see it. And watching the level of psych that J star got out of watching ravioli biceps crush all of his projects was, I mean, that's the best kind of session to have, like just getting psyched on people being able to do things you can't do. And, watching everybody be able to test themselves against whatever, you know, they were just as psyched for me climbing on things that are their warm ups. You know, it was their warm up number three and it's my project for the day, but they're just as stoked and you're right. climbing on the same wall, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, what else in terms of your evaluation? Mostly, the positives were what I've already said, that you got really psyched, that you learned this culture, that you were challenging yourself in these new styles. And the only, and I, I wouldn't even call these negatives, um, the the communication, I think, is a, you can see better progress from more communication. Okay. And, and I can put that on myself, too, you know, I... I try to feel out what a client wants, but we don't have a good system of figuring that out yet. So, so I try to feel it out and sometimes I get it wrong, you know? Um, and I do think with like leaving more notes during your workouts and, you know, just being a little more proactive about metacognition, sort of this thinking about your thinking, you know, these ideas and light bulb moments that you're having during the session. If you write those down after, you know, they become this, this concrete thing that sort of helps that lesson stick. Um, so I like the comments that you can leave during the workouts for that reason. Um, even if I'm not commenting back all the time, I read them all. And, and when I see those little learning moments, it lets me know that things are on the right track, you know? So when there are, like you said, you know, forgetting to log things or not hitting save or whatever, it does, it doesn't let me progress things as efficiently as we probably could. Right. So that would be my one criticism. Um, but otherwise I'm super happy about the way it went. And so how did my, uh, how did my recent, uh, the numbers, my recent numbers turn out. I'm going to pull them up here. I thought they were going to be worse to be honest I with did, you. Well, they would have been if I'd have done what I did last week, but I kind of like 
rested and sort of made a better time for it. But um, I was really worried, too, because I'd just come through the holidays. And yeah. aside from all the cliche crap about you know eating and drinking and getting fat, which doesn't really happen to me. I eat the same amount all the time. Yeah. But it was, you know... A lot of time with with Miles because he was home from school, and then just a series of like he'd get sick, I get sick, Steph right. would get sick, I right. get sick, he get sick, and it was pretty rough. And so I was like coming out of that feeling better, but like oh god, um, and definitely like had to shake it off. Um, but I also felt like you know I'd been going pretty good, and maybe a little rest wasn't the end of the world. Um, but anyhow, that's what's leading into this evaluation that we wanted to get done before we talked this uh, tonight. Yeah, and I'll kind of set it up this way. So we do a battery of of measurements uh, that we get for every custom client that we have. And we've collected a lot of data over the years on a bunch of clients. And we've asked our general community to take the assessment as well. And lots of people have, and we appreciate the time that went into that from everybody. But essentially, you know, we have a data analyst who works for us. He's actually, he lives in Japan working right now, um, named Dale Wilson. And Dale is really, really excited about numbers, and I glaze over and fall asleep when I'm looking at numbers and data. So I love having him here because he gets excited to crunch all of these, you know, hundreds and hundreds of climbers' numbers in, in these measurements. And what it's done for us is allow us to hand those measurements over to Dale. Dale hand us back this report that says, here are the median values we see in these specific measurements. And here's where you stack up to that. So what we try to do is say, we take your goal level. And in your case, we use 13 C and here's where you stack up in these physical markers against what we see at that goal level. Um, and that just gives us a, a general place to go and something to measure against in the future. Right. You know, if we see that your finger strength is way higher than anybody else's or way higher than the median at that grade level, then it's not something we need to put tons of effort into. But right. if it's really low, you know, if it's down in the 25% area, then we're going to put more effort into it. Right. Um, so yeah, just, that makes total sense. Yeah, it yeah, just gives us a general starting point. Yeah, if you're like hyper, hyper strong mm -hmm. and, and you still haven't met your goal, then maybe there's technique that needs to be involved or vice versa. Yep. And when when you first started, we were getting the numbers, but we didn't feel comfortable enough yet saying, here's what we think we should be seeing. And we're just now starting to feel comfortable enough to make these reports and mm -hmm. say, here's the median value and we trust it. Right. You know, we've reversed it a little and been able to say, been able to somewhat predict what that person climbs by looking at their numbers. Um, so we're feeling more and more comfortable about I'd it. I'd never done my mm -hmm. ape index till you asked me about that. Yeah. Which I'd never done in my life. You had never done that? No. That's like, crazy talk. Yeah, it's, it's actually not bad. Yeah, you've got a good ape. <laughs> <laughs> so that excuse, my, my little short uh, Tyrannosaurus yeah. arms is no longer an your, excuse. Your T-Rex arms I was arms for is not sure real. I was like a negative six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a plus. <clears throat> That's, I'm not a plus. I'm even. Um, so looking at the numbers now, um, one of the ones I'm most concerned about <gasps> is the... And not for you, just in general. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm largely concerned about the our finger strength test, which is 20 millimeter 
10 second hang. So 20 millimeter edge, as much weight as you can hang for 10 seconds. And yours is pretty good. At the 13C level, we generally see a 1.44 strength to weight ratio. And yours was not quite there, but it is right in the zone we want to see you in. Um, so it's got some room to improve, but overall is pretty darn good. You were also my edge was bigger though. How big? How much bigger? Twenty three. Okay. So it's either twenty three or eighteen. Yeah, and we we get like there's some variance there, and there always is going to be. You know, I've hung right. on some twenty five millimeter edges that feel smaller than the, some 20 right, millimeter edges that are, depending on the radius right. that they use. And okay. so it's not an exact science. Right. None of this is, you know, it, it really just guides where we're headed. Right. Um, you also did really well in the endurance categories that we have and the general strength, which is just a pull up quantity, push up quantity. Um, those were both really high and those numbers are high in general. Like your pull and push strength looks really good. It's balanced nicely. Um, a lot of climbers, <laughs> a lot of climbers will, you know, have, be able to do tons of pull-ups and their push-ups are junk, you know, like maybe 30 pull-ups and 25 push-ups. And generally speaking, we want to see around, around double the number in your push-ups. Okay. So yours was right on. You did. I'm trying to pull that up It was like here. 20 and 40-something, I want to say. You had 17, no, 20 pull-ups and 53 push-ups. So, so overall, generally pretty darn strong. And then the endurance stuff that we do, you were way above on almost all the metrics. Where where you fell really short. And this is something that I expected to see. I see this in a lot of older climbers, drag climbers. And like I said, the people who learn to value climbing really slow is that they can pull a lot of times, but they can't pull hard in one go. So your one rep max weighted pull up was low. And as a result, the campus slaps were really low and, that's a matter of building up more pull strength and then learning how to transfer that over to pulling power. Yeah, I feel like it's almost <clears throat> technique on the, the A power. lot of it is. Not not specific to the camp sport, but just in general. Yep. How to how to like generate that power even if it's there. Do you know what I mean? Yep, like totally. the, the the mechanics. You have the, the capacity to be of, able to do it, right. but you don't have the coordination right. to make it all work. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's a real thing. And, you know, that's one of the reasons we do the, the exercise on the campus board that you were doing, you know, exploding off your feet and latching a high rung. It's mm -hmm. got a couple of benefits, but one of them is learning to do those explosive movements, you know. And then once we build real pulling strength on top of that, you know, go harder and harder at the pulling strength, then we can start to pull harder and more powerfully and that'll transfer over to routes pretty well, I think. So, so I think the numbers look good. Uh, they they give us a really clear path. Mm -hmm. Like I would put a lot of emphasis at this point on that pulling strength and pulling power, right? And keep the finger strength going because I think it can only you know it can only help to get stronger fingers. Right so. on. 
So I'm on the path yeah, to my dream. I think so for sure. And almost all of the numbers went up from our first time. I didn't give those numbers to Dale. Um, the one that didn't go up was finger strength, and it stayed the same. Right. And that can be that can be because you use different edges for both tests. It yeah, can... I did, and also I, I don't. I'm not saying my first one's real that a- accurate before. Like sure. And that's also part of an attitude change mm-hmm. of like, I'm definitely like, oh, I see how this all fits together now. And so like, I'm being more scientific about, you know, why I'm doing it. So it's obvious yeah. that I, and, and the benefits I'm getting from it. So it's like paying more attention. And actually one of the funny things about like gyms versus other gyms is one of the big problems I had in the beginning were weights. Sure. I didn't own any weights. Um, I still use them. I was using um, brake. Uh, rotors yeah had four two <laughs> I have, lexus i still and have two the photo subaru brake brake rotors <laughs> which i still use i mean i know how much they weigh now so it's yeah. like fine they're big pieces of metal but even at our gym um the way it's worked out where uh the the boards and like the workout areas upstairs like um there's insurance uh, literally like insurance problems you about can't having a bunch have of weights upstairs up so we don't yeah. have like a rack of um kettlebells you can right. strap on you so it's like there's kind of this hodgepodge of vests and different like ways yep. to strap weight on you but it's not very convenient and so yep. and that was it took me a little while to deal with like well how do i get incremental weight increases comfortably mm-hmm. to do hangs and stuff like that just to point out like these weird things that can happen in terms of being totally presented with a workout regime that doesn't fit with what you've got yeah and i think you know there are almost always ways around those things to still get the sort of stimulus we want right if you don't have the equipment that you know would make for the ideal situation we can always figure out ways you can hang on just three fingers and then you're going to need a lot less weight Mm -hmm. you know you can i mean the truth is is i can go down to the freaking sports authority and buy some weights too they're not like gonna break the bank (laughs) yeah you know you said you said something interesting earlier that i want to address a little bit and i don't even remember how you phrased it but it reminded me that when a lot of people get these measurements they a lot of the comments are i totally bombed that or i sucked at that so bad and i'm like how do you know like what are you comparing it against because you honestly have no idea whether you did well at that or not, right. you know. <laughs> and but we hear it all the time, um, so you know it can be a really scary thing. And I had to—I didn't know if that's what was happening in your case because I, I kept sending you messages like, "Hey, let's get these get done these this done, week," yeah. you know. So I wasn't sure if it was like I don't want to do these tests, you know, I don't want to test involved. Um, so I was just curious. No, it was more incon- – it was just uh, back to like I couldn't figure out a good time to go do them. And I, right. did, do, I did do one of them and I was just like – well, one time I went to the gym and I was like, I just want to – I actually – I need to have some fun tonight. Yeah, and, and I that's was totally like, I want to boulder and I did one of the other workouts. Mm-hmm. And then the other time I was just like – as soon as I started on them, I was just like, you feel like dog shit this is this and they were i was just like this is grim so then it kind of peeled into the weekend and i finally got them done but i wasn't trepidation about learning anything specifically okay Um, i just could feel you know you feel when you feel like garbage and so i'm like this isn't going to be a useful stat and it's funny that i mean it's funny that you think that because we do tend to feel that way you know i recently had a client of mine she's a longtime client you know, for sure, one of the most consistent people I've had. I've worked with her through her pregnancy, and she's just 
a crusher and she recently took the measurements and on the endurance stuff on the like campus laddering with her feet on her comment was i totally bombed that you know that just that sucked so bad and she was off the charts for her goal grade oh right so far above what anything else the highest we've seen for her goal grade um so she thought it sucked but it here it turns out it's this amazing number you know yeah so it's tough to know and and we take into account the numbers are very unforgiving they're like they seem cold and you know it sucks to compare yourself sometimes but that when we look at them as coaches, we try to factor in things like, oh, you're just coming off of this performance period, so the numbers are going to be lower, or you've been on vacation and haven't been training, or you know, you've been sick, or whatever. So we want to get those measurements to continue having an idea of what direction to go, as well as see if what we've been doing is on the right track. Mm-hmm. Um, so they aren't really tests per se it's more just some check-in measurements and that way we know we're on the right track or not so yeah it's just naturally get like testing anxiety i think yeah yeah but yours look good thanks all right yeah especially for rifle where you're wall crawling yeah you don't ever actually have to pull i haven't been you're ready in months so (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's honest i mean it's out of condition but yeah so um well awesome well look i I don't know if this helped people it was kind of a different idea for a podcast it was uh something we sort of talked about when i first started this and um it's like you're coming out of the closet episode i know exactly and so it's like uh no more excuses you know yeah in terms of just uh, again like approaching i i talk about how you know i think in, in your older age it's good to just stop being a curmudgeon and open yourself up to all different types of climbing and you know, yeah i'm not necessarily got my next bouldering outdoor bouldering trip planned but uh but yeah it's been a good way to open a horizon in a gym that i you know didn't really have before and, yeah um, yeah and, and since you said no excuses i'm just gonna go ahead and plug my upcoming book um it's, no excuses it's done it's going to the printers it's called the hard truth it's essentially a collection of essays kind of punching you in the face about your excuses and and giving you reasons not to continue using them. And it's illustrated by our mutual friend, Brendan Leonard. So, oh, right on. So that should be out this spring. Cool. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, part of this was like to talk about how good a time I've had with you um, in good. terms of... I'm glad. In terms of like this being an extremely positive experience at... 30 years into climbing this is my 30th year climbing um and and to have this like new thing happen to me that's you know opened up this other avenue to climbing and and kept me excited and um i really do enjoy going and doing it most nights you know and part of it is just doing it when you're not enjoying it but uh anyway so i just want to also promote what you're doing and i I know there's other companies that do a great job and a similar thing yeah there's tons of great yeah. companies out there you know and and we all have slightly different takes on things and you know find who fits you you know there's a bunch of great companies doing it now so right on cool thanks a lot chris yeah man thank you
All right, folks. Thanks for listening to that. If you got this far. And thanks to Chris for coming in and sitting down, but also for being my coach. Also, Chris has a podcast at thepowercompanyclimbing.com. You can find his podcast. Very training-oriented, but goes a little deeper than that quite often. So check that out if you're looking for more climbing podcasts and you weren't aware of that one. But yeah, let's do a little update. It's been several months since I recorded that interview. That was done back in February or or maybe late January even. And things progressed along, of course, right up until the shutdown with Climbing Outdoors. And we talked a minute about a crack project in there, which I have a complicated success story with that. It's a two-pitch climb out in Utah called Trail of Tears, a 513, first pitch 12 plus, second pitch 513 minus-ish, and goes at 50 meters from the ground if you do both pitches together. And then I added about a 10-meter extension that's probably like techie 12 plus as well. And I decided that I wanted to climb it all the way from the ground at 60 meters, just exactly 60 meters. I aided it with a 60-meter rope once, and I ran out of rope almost at the anchor. So the success story was that I climbed the first two pitches, the 50-meter older route, two pitches is one, clipped those anchors, kept going, and then I fell literally at about meter 59 which I knew could happen because there's a little boulder problem up there just to finish it off to the ledge. And I just ran out of gas, man. But the success was, is I hadn't led the first 50 meters as one pitch before, uh, which constitutes a hard 513 crack. So there you go. Just before my 49th birthday was successful on that part of it. But I do have to go back to finish that meter of climbing (laughs) at the top. Uh, next next fall. So anyway, you know, like I said, take your successes where you can get them, I suppose. But have I been doing well in Corona lockdown? Not really, I'm going to admit. I, I came out, like a lot of people, just started banging them out with the uh, hangboards and the TRX workouts and stuff. But I did start to slack, I'll, I'll admit. And it's been a little bit up and down, uh, mostly because my whole schedule changed and the aforementioned Enormo baby, who's now an enormous child, has uh, been home from school for 70-some days. So before I had him in daycare for four days a week, and now he's home all the time. So I changed my schedule, and that really kind of shook things up. But I have been climbing outdoors. I was successful on a 513 in rifle just a few days ago. So yeah, I'm still banging it out. I also turned 49. So there you go. Put that into the mix. So that's how training life is going. But I'm committed to kind of buckling down here in the coming weeks. And the gyms are about to open. But again, I'm not sure if I can go yet. I'm just not sure about touching those gross holds because they're gross to begin with. And now we got the coronavirus. So we'll see. We'll see if I I can muster that. Anyhow, hope you guys were inspired a little bit because if I can do it, you can do it. And if you're already doing it, maybe some of my frustrations and problems helped you kind of straighten your head out around it. And if you're already really into training and do it really well, then maybe you had a good laugh at my expense. That's fine. I don't mind at all. But I've been pretty happy with it. And if you feel like you don't have time to do it, let me tell you, you can find time. All right, folks, we are climbing outside now, I hope. If you can get outside, get outside. If you can do it safely, if 
if you can do the distance thing, if you got some crags where you live, please get out there because it's such a mental release valve. It's so important right now. It feels just as soul scrubbing as it ever has in my life. I've been out in rifle in the evening the last few weeks and just marveled at how wonderful it is to be out doing what we do. And of course we know that, but sometimes it takes something like this to remind you just how awesome going climbing is and how awesome the climbing community is, right? Okay, but remember, you're also rusty as fuck and you're amped. And being rusty and amped, not a good combination. Okay, so take it easy, check your systems, check your communication, and of course, check your knot. But what is best in life? The open step, three tours, falcons at your wrist, and the wind in your hair. Wrong! Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of your women. That is good. That is good. <laughs>